All right, praise the Lord. Well, grab your Bible and turn to the book of James with me. The book of James, chapter 1. I asked Brother Scott several weeks ago if uh, he would mind if we swapped, uh, let him preach in the morning and me preach in the evening uh, for a few weeks. I have a uh, four messages that I want to preach out of James chapter 1, and uh, he said that he would swap with me for tonight, so I'm going to do all four messages. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, he said he'd be glad to do that, and uh, so that's uh, uh, this is a little different crowd than what I've uh, been preaching to on Sunday mornings, and that's a good thing. Amen. I'm glad to see you tonight. Uh, James chapter 1, uh, I want to, uh, what I want to do is I'm going to give, I've got four tests uh, that uh, we're going to take. I'm a, uh, I'm the college uh, dean, and so I'm, uh, I'm all about uh, education and giving tests and all that stuff. So uh, every Sunday night uh, that I'm preaching uh, for these next uh, tonight and the next three, I've got a test for you uh, each one of the nights. And uh, tonight's test is how do I react to trials? How do I react to trials? And uh, that's uh, the title of the message tonight. We're going to look at James chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 12. Uh, we'll read them together. Well, let's just read the first four verses, and then I'll get into the message, and we'll uh, work our way down through verse number 12. Uh, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when thou... Uh, when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let's pray, and then we'll jump right into the message tonight. Father, thank you for the opportunity that you give me to uh, stand before this uh, group of uh, believers and uh, open the Word of God, and what a privilege it is. Uh, Lord, I don't take my responsibility lightly. I pray, Father, that you will bless the message tonight. Uh, Lord, uh, help me to say something that will be an encouragement and a blessing to the folks that are gathered here this evening. I pray, Lord, that uh, you'll just uh, do a work in our hearts. And Father, we'll thank you ahead of time for whatever it is that you do for us tonight. Uh, and Lord, uh, we're just so thankful for our salvation, thankful for the visitors that are here. And uh, Lord, have your will and way now in our hearts and lives, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, the, uh, if you consider the purpose of the book of James, uh, I believe that it's found here uh, in the last phrase that I just read there out of verse number four, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Uh, uh, the word uh, perfect in the book of James does not mean perfection. Uh, it, it really uh, it means to be mature or to be complete. Uh, uh, where life begins, it ought to mature and to develop into what God wants it to be. Uh, the goal of the Christian life should be to become more like Christ. And uh, that's uh, uh, the theme of the book of James. Uh, James is uh, faith that works. Faith that works. Uh, if you have faith, then your faith ought to uh, motivate you to work. And uh, so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about uh, not sinless perfection. Uh, the word perfect means mature, and uh, that's the, the goal that we're going to try to reach here. Uh, uh, I believe uh, there's a legitimate babyhood 
talked about in the Bible. That's in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 2. The Bible says, As newborn babes desire the sincere sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Those are uh, legitimate babies. But then the Bible also talks about illegitimate babies. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 1. Uh, this uh, church at uh, Corinth had uh, all the spiritual gifts, uh, but they were very unspiritual. Uh, they never grew up. They never matured. They never reached maturity. So they stayed immature. And uh, Paul said that they were babes in Christ and they ought to have grown up. Uh, so there are legitimate babies and then there are illegitimate babies there uh, that are talked about in the Word of God. Well, uh, we are going to look at uh, how do I react to trials? How do I react to trials? Uh, trials are on the outside. Uh, trials, uh, uh, they are from God and they are uh, to bring out the best in us, uh, to build us up. And then uh, there's another word that's used and that is the word temptation. And temptations are on the inside and they come from the devil and they are to bring out the worst in you, and they tear you down. Now, what we're going to talk about tonight is a trial, which is uh, a way that God uses to test us or to test our faith. And uh, uh, there are four tests in chapter 1 that I'm going to deal with, one each time that I preach uh, on, in the evening service, uh, that are going to help us determine how we're doing spiritually. And the first one is, uh, how do I react to trials? Verse number 12 of chapter 1 says, uh, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to them that love him. Uh, so that's the first uh, uh, test that we're going to have. How do I react to trials? Uh, the next message that I preach will be, how do I resist temptation? How do I resist temptation? Uh, verses 13 to 15, the Bible says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted uh, with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of, uh, of his own lust and enticed. And when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So we're going to talk about that in the next uh, message that I bring on uh, the evening service. How do I respond uh, to, uh, or how do I resist temptation? So how do I react to trials? We'll talk about that tonight. How do I resist temptation? We'll talk about that the next uh, Sunday. And then uh, the third test is, how do I respond to the truth? How do I respond to the truth? Verse 18 says, of his own will uh, begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Uh, so how do I respond to truth? And then the last message will be, how do I restrain my tongue? Maybe I should have preached it first, I don't know, but uh, uh, how do I restrain my tongue? In verse number 26, the Bible says, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, uh, but, dece uh, uh, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. 
So we're going to discuss those uh, as we get to them. Uh, James chapter 1, uh, uh, verse number 2, the Bible says the word temptation in verse number 2. The word temptation here uh, in this verse means a trial or a test. Uh, an example of that would be in Genesis chapter 22 and verse number 1. Uh, the Lord tested Abraham or proved Abraham. That's uh, kind of what we're talking about here. Uh, in the book of James, there are 108 verses in the whole book of James. And out of the 108 verses, 58 of them are commands. 58 of the 108 verses in this, uh, uh, this little book are commands. And uh, uh, I, uh, uh, I think uh, sometimes we, uh, uh, we value comfort more than we uh, value character. We value comfort more than we value character. And uh, that's when uh, trials upset us. If we value comfort more than we value character. Every trial that the Lord allows to come into your life upsets you instead of helping you to become uh, more like Christ. And uh, I want to, uh, I've always uh, tried and I, I still work at it. I try to allow the trials and the that come into my life to help build my character, uh, not, uh, 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 not get mad about them because my comfort has been I don't know, I, uh, uh, I'm not as comfortable as what I want to be. And uh, I, I really feel like that the trials that come our way are to build our character in the Lord. Uh, so, uh, so that's kind of what we're going to be dealing with uh, tonight. First of all, uh, I want to look at the reaction to trials. What is our reaction to trials? According to verse number two, the reaction should be pleasantness. Pleasantness. The Bible says in verse number 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. The word count there is the, uh, the key word to this, uh, uh, this part of, the, uh, the, of this section of Scripture. Count. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a command. Count. It, it's a uh, kind of a banking term. Uh, it means to evaluate. It means we need to evaluate our life and, and see what trials do to us. Uh, uh, do trials bring pleasantness into our life? I don't know about you, but uh, uh, I don't shout for joy uh, when the tires are flat on the car when it's raining. And uh, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe, and I know people like this, but uh, uh, they're going down the road and it's raining cats and dogs and all of a sudden they get a blowout and they're like, well, praise God. I got, and I'm thinking, that guy is crazy. <laughs> Don't you think that? It's like, good night. That's not what he's talking about. He's not saying that we ought to be happy when we have trials come into our life. What it's saying is that uh, the trials in our life ought to bring out uh, the true inner joy. That's a, I can still have joy in my life even though I'm going through a tough trial in my life. That's what Christ wants. Uh, uh, it reveals my maturity or my immaturity. When I'm going through a trial, uh, the trials reveal whether or not I'm a mature Christian or whether I'm an immature Christian. Christians are kind of like tea bags. You don't really know what flavor they are until you put them in hot water. And uh, some of us, when the hot water hits, we don't show out too good, do we? Uh, 
If I'm, uh, uh, if I'm growing like I ought to be in the Lord, then, uh, uh, then I should count it joy when I fall into trials, when trials come my way. A mature person doesn't regress into childhood when the difficulties come. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, that's what I want to do. When I get a trial that comes into my life, and I've talked to Jane about this many times, what I want to do is stay in my pajamas and suck my thumb all day. Now, I know you all don't, aren't like that, but uh, uh, when uh, trials come my way, uh, I want to regress, and, and uh, I want to do the, uh, instead of being a, Instead of being a man about it and saying, you know, the Lord brought this into my life to help make me more like Jesus, what I want to do is crawl in the corner somewhere and cry. You're probably not like that. But what we need to do is learn to count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. There's going to be all kinds of things that are going to try your faith. And whatever it is that God allows to come into your life is something that we ought to count joy. We ought to evaluate how we respond to those trials in our lives. So the first one is our reaction to the trial. And it ought to be pleasantness. The second thing here in verse number three is the reason for the trial. The reason for the trial. Uh, uh, In uh, verse number three, the Bible says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Worketh patience. Now the key word for verse number two is count. The, the key word for verse number uh, three is knowing. Knowing. And uh, uh, knowing patience. Uh, you know, I don't know. I hear the word patient and I immediately... Become impatient. It's like uh, my daughter used to say numbers gives her the heebie-jeebies. Well, the word patience gives me that. It's like, you know, anytime I hear the word patience, I know God's fixing to send something my way. And it's like, oh, no, what did I, you know, what did I do to deserve this? And uh, uh, listen, the, uh, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Uh, uh, don't pray for patience. Because if you pray for patience, God's going to send trials into your life to help you to learn to be more patient. Uh, I am not a very patient driver. I don't know, maybe you are, but uh, uh, I'm the kind of guy, you know, listen, I I pull up to the drive-thru window and I expect immediately for them to say, may I help you? And sometimes I just sit there and I sit there and I can hear him talking to the guy in the other lane and I'm still sitting there. And uh, I don't know, maybe you, that don't bother you, but uh, it bothers me. And what I want to do is drive up to the window and re- say, and I want to knock on the window. Hey, I've been sitting out there for 15 minutes and you haven't even asked me what I wanted. Jane's dad, we drove up to a, a McDonald's drive through and uh, Jane's dad Uh, The lady uh, inside said, "Uh, may I help you, sir? And he said, it's classic. He said, just give me whatever you want. You always mess my order up anyway. (laughs) I said, "Uh, I will use that one, I promise you. Hey, 
listen, I want patience, but I want it now, you know? It's like, uh, uh, Lord, uh, help me to be more patient. My wife says, you might as well be patient. you got to wait anyway. I get in those long lines of cars, and there's one lane. They're all going to merge into one lane. You know what I do? I'm the guy you don't like. I drive fast down the lane that nobody's in until right at the end, and then I cut in. Yeah. Jane says, Jane says, you're not gained. I said, and I count the number of cars I passed. That's how far ahead I am. Yeah. Reason why I do that is because I'm not very patient. Y'all understand? How many of you can relate to what I'm saying? There you go. You ought to look around and see all the hands I just saw. I don't feel so bad now about all this. Hey, listen, the reason why God sends trials into our life is to work us, work patience in our life. You know, the word faith is found 16 times in the book of James. Uh, it's found only twice in the entire Old Testament. And, uh, uh, and Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And, uh, uh, and the word faith there, the Bible says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You know, the test uh, uh, the believers go through is to see if our faith is any good. Faith works patience. We think, uh, we think we need deliverance when the trials come, but really what we need is discipline. Amen. Amen. We think we need deliverance. Lord, deliver me from this trial. But really the Lord... How many of you have ever prayed that? Lord, deliver me from this trial. Have you ever prayed that? Listen, God's the one that sent it to you. Why would he deliver you from it? There's a reason why he sent it to you. It's because he wants to work patience out in your life. So I quit praying that God would deliver me from the trial. I started praying now that what I really need is the discipline that I ought to have when I'm going through a trial. You know... uh, Paul says that your temptations are common to men. Yeah, you think you're the only one ever went through that. That's not true. The temptation that you have in your life or the trial that you have that comes into your life, the Bible says is common to man. It also says in uh, Romans chapter 3 that tribulation worketh patience. And uh, uh, Paul, uh, with the thorn in his flesh, uh, did what most Christians do. When the thorn comes in your flesh, that's when we pray. Paul prayed three times that the Lord would remove the thorn. I've prayed more than three times that he would remove some of the trials that I'm going through. And you know what God did for Paul? Changed his prayer. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. I need to learn that. You know, God had to interrupt Paul, and uh, it was not healing he needed. It was grace is what he needed. And sometimes what I need is not deliverance. What I need is the discipline to go through the trial. Is there anyone uh, here who doesn't need any patience? Huh? You got all the patience you need. Well, let me tell you something. Since you don't have all the patience you need, and I don't have all the patience I need... You better be expecting a trial to come. Why? Because 
Trying of your faith worketh patience. If you don't have all the patience you need, then you're going to get more trials in your life. That's just the way it is. I need patience, and God knows when to send the trial and how severe the trial ought to be. Until God finishes his plan and his purpose uh, and uh, patience is developed in me, he's still working on me. And until he finishes all that, he's going to keep sending some trials. Amen. You're either in one now, you just come out of one, or you're getting ready to go into one. So, the reaction to trial, pleasantness. The reason for trial, patience. Number three, the response to trials. Verse number four. The Bible says in verse number four, Let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That ye may be perfect and entire. The meaning of this is explained in the next phrase, wanting nothing. That is that uh, there may be nothing lacking to complete your character. Afflictions, uh, perhaps more than anything else, will perfect us, will develop our character. Uh, the, the key word here is let. Let. Let that trial. Let it work out perfectness in you. Here's what happens to me when the trial comes. Instead of me letting it do its work in me, I freak out when, when trials come. I know you don't. You all are a lot calmer than I am. But when I have a trial, I just kind of freak out. It's like, uh, what am I going to do now? And Jane has to remind me, God still has this thing under control. And then when Jane has a trial come in her life, she freaks out, and I have to remind her, remember what you told me. God's got this thing. Amen? How many of you need to be reminded every once in a while that God's got this thing? I got this terrible trial coming into my life. And we need to be reminded that God is still in control of every situation that comes into your life. We just have to think about that. Let. But let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect or mature, entire, wanting nothing. Huh. No, uh, the next uh, thought that I have here, first of all, I have a reaction to trials, pleasantness. The reason for trials, patience. The response to trials, perfectness. And number four, the resource during trials, prayer. Verses 5 through 8. The Bible says in verse number 5, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Now, we take that verse out of context a lot. And, uh, uh, you know, anytime you need wisdom about anything, we say, well, the Bible says in James, uh, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. 
But I want you to notice where this is at in the context here. If you look at verse number 2, the Bible says in verse number 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And then if you go to verse number 12, and you read verse number 12, the Bible says, let me get it. In verse number 12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Here's the deal. Right in the middle of your temptations, right in the middle of the trials that you're going through, the Bible says that what we ought to do, the resource that we have in the middle of our trial is prayer. You want God to give you wisdom to make it through the trial, to learn whatever it is that God wants you to learn while you're in the trial. While you're in the middle of the trial, God wants us to pray that God will give us wisdom, how to allow that trial to work out in us. You know, uh, I don't know about you, but I don't always respond the right way to the trials. Uh, sometimes I, I want this, but I want that, and I don't respond exactly right. How many of you remember in Pilgrim's, Pro, uh, Pilgrim's Progress, there was a, uh, a guy, John Bunyan, wrote about the uh, Mr. Facing Both Ways. <laughs> Mr. Facing Both Ways. Sometimes that's me when I got a trial coming. It's like I know I ought to do this, but I really would rather do that. How many of you are like that? That's what the Bible's talking about there. Uh, you know, uh, the Bible says uh, uh, in verse number 6, now remember 5 through 8, if any man, uh, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him that ask in faith, not, not wa nothing wavering. For he that uh, wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven uh, with the wind and tossed. Look at this next verse. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Verse number 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That's that uh, face, Mr. Facing Both Ways. A double-minded man. I want this, but I don't want that. Well, I want that, but I don't want this. When I was in high school, I took all of the math and all the, uh, the science classes that they offered. And uh, we talked to... Uh, uh, the, the science and math professor there in high school to teach me and two other guys a college-level probability and statistics course. And, uh, uh, man, it was a lot of fun. And one of the things that we did in that course was uh, we built a little maze, a little tabletop maze, and we put a mouse in the maze, a little white mouse, and, and uh, put a little box there, and he'd run through the maze. Uh, we'd ding a little bell, open a door, he would run through the maze, and we'd give him a piece of cheese. Well, we ding the bell, the mouse would come out, and he would stand up and smell, and then he would start through the maze, go real slow, stand up and smell again, go a little bit farther through the maze, and eventually he got to the cheese. And we'd pick him up by the tail, put him back in the box, and then we ding the bell, and he'd come out, and he'd go a little faster this time. And uh, uh, we'd pick him up and put him back in the box and ding the bell, and he'd go faster. And every time we did, he got faster and faster and faster. 
He got where you would ding the bell and open the door, and he would zoom right through and grab the cheese. So what we did, we got a squirt gun, and we filled it full of ice-cold water. And uh, we dinged the bell and opened the door, and the mouse would run through the maze real fast. And when he got to the end, we squirted him in the nose with that cold water. Oh, he didn't like that. He'd sneeze. We'd pick him up and put him back in the box. Ding the bell. He'd run through the thing. We'd give him cheese. And then the next time, we'd give him water. And then we'd, we'd give him water and water and then cheese and then water. And you know what he did? He got slower and slower every time he went through there. You know why? He wanted the cheese, but he didn't want the water. One time, we rang the bell and opened the door and the little mouse come out of the box and he stopped and he started shaking <laughs> and he fell over dead. He drove himself crazy because he wanted the cheese but he didn't want the water. Let me tell you something. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We want the blessings of God but we don't want the trials that we have to go through in order to get the blessings of God. So the trials are like the, the, the cold water and the blessings are the cheese. And I'm going to tell you, what we do is we get slower and slower and slower. We drive ourselves crazy because we want God's blessings, but we don't want the trials that brings the blessings of God. So what do we do? Well, the Bible tells us very clearly, ask for wisdom. How many of you have faced a trial and you realize at the end of the trial, if you'd have just asked God, he'd have given you wisdom at the beginning of the trial. How many of you have ever made any bad decisions in the middle of a trial? Hey, listen, the Bible says that he gives to all men liberally. He doesn't get upset when you keep asking him for wisdom. Lord, I know I came to you yesterday about needing more wisdom, but uh, I still need more today. He don't get upset about that. He wants you to keep coming to him and getting wisdom from him. So, we have the reaction to trials. should be pleasantness. The word count. Then we have the reason for trials. Patience. The word knowing is the key word. The response to trials is perfect, or the key word there is let. And then the resource for during trials is prayer, and the key word is ask. Now, there are three different responses that we can have to trials. The first one is when the trial comes, we can escape, we can run. We can try to get away from the trial. The second uh, response that we could have is we could say, you know what, I just need to endure this thing. I need to endure it. Or the third way, and this is the way we ought to respond to trials, is we can enlist the help of the Holy Spirit to go through this trial, whatever it may be. So let me give you this last thought. Somebody say amen there. I want to give you the reward after the trial. In verses 6 through 12, through 12, we have the reward that God wants to give us after the trial. The reward is praise. It's praise. 
We need to focus on our heavenly prize. Focus on the prize. Uh, uh, Look at uh, uh, verse number 9. The Bible says, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as a flower of the grass he hath passed away. For the sun is no sooner risen but uh, with a uh, burning heat, but wherewith the grass and the, I'm sorry, but it withereth the grass and the flower thereof uh, fadeth and the grace uh, of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away, fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation for uh, when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised uh, to them that love him. So uh, here we have an uh, illustration here of uh, why we ought to praise the Lord when we go through a trial. This is our response after a trial. What he did was he took here a poor person and a rich person. And he says here that the poor people will be raised up and the rich people will be brought down so that we're all on the even plane. Let me tell you something. I don't care whether you have a million dollars in the bank or you don't have two pennies to rub together. All of us are going to go through trials. All of us are going to go through trials. And your reaction to the trials is going to determine whether or not it's going to show the world whether or not you are a mature Christian or an immature Christian how we react to those trials. You know, uh, it's kind of like uh, the, the, the prize here is the heavenly reward. You know, when we get to heaven, it ain't going to matter what kind of trials you went through here on earth. All that kind of stuff is going to be in the history. I remember when I was in Bible college, there were guys in the college that said, uh, boy, I want the Lord to come back. We talked about that a few minutes ago. Boy, I want the Lord to come back, but I want him to wait because I haven't got married yet. And then the guy that just got married said, boy, I want the Lord to come back. I just got married. (laughs) I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. You know, uh, talking about getting married, uh, I married a Kentucky girl. Amen. I was talking to a couple guys one time, and first man, he married a girl from North Carolina. Scott, you'll like this. He married a woman from North Carolina. He told her that she was to do the dishes and the house cleaning. It took a couple days, but on the third day, he came home to a clean house, and all the dishes were washed and put away. The second guy, he married a girl from South Carolina. And uh, uh, he gave her, uh, gave his wife orders and said uh, that she was to do all the cleaning and all the dishes and the cooking. On the first day, he didn't see any results. The next day, he saw uh, things were a little better. On the third day, he saw that the house was clean and the dishes were done. And there was a huge dinner on the table when he got home. The third guy married a Kentucky girl. And he ordered her to keep the house clean and dishes washed and the laundry washed and hot meal on the table every meal. He said the first day... He didn't see anything. Second day, he didn't see anything. On the third day, some of the swelling had gone down a little bit (laughs) in his left eye. 
and his arm was healed almost enough to make his own sandwich. <laughs> hey, listen. We're all going to be faced with trials. We're all going to have trials. The reward after the trial is the heavenly leveling of everybody. Hey, listen. God doesn't have one person more important than anybody else in this world. Aren't you glad to know that? I'm so thrilled to know that God doesn't put some of you on a higher level than he does me. I'm no higher than anybody else, and nobody's any higher than I am. I I don't like that. the song there. It says, the streets of gold. According to the Bible, there's only one street. The street of gold. I believe the name of the street is Hallelujah Boulevard. You're not going to live on 1st Street and me live on 3rd Street. We're all going to live on Hallelujah Boulevard, and it just weaves back and forth through heaven. We all live on the same street. Amen? The reward after the trial is praise. You know, God, uh, God promises a reward if we grow up and we re- react in a mature way. That Christians ought to uh, when we're faced with adversities in our life. You know, uh, the reaction to trials is pleasantness. The reason for trials is patience. The uh, response during the trial ought to be prayer. uh, Or the resource during the trial is prayer. The response to the trial is perfectness or matureness. The reason why God brings trials into our life is to help us to become more mature. And the reward for the trial is praise. It's not the applause of our fellow man. It's not a pat on the back that we're looking for or a handshake from a brother or sister in Christ, but the word of praise from the blessed Lord who says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's the reward that we're looking for. That's what we're hoping to mature to the place where that's the the response that we're looking for. Amen? I'm just as guilty as the next guy. I like to hear people say, that was good, and you did a good job, and all that. But I'm going to tell you, we ought to get to the point where, well done, thou good and faithful servant, is the response that we're looking for, and we're looking for it from the Lord. I wonder, will we pass the test? How do I react to trials? Is it with pleasantness? Do I count it all joy? Is it with patience? Do I fall apart or do I allow the trial to produce patience in my life? Do I pray? Or is that the last thing I do after you try to fix it yourself? Okay, God, I got this one. Huh? I wonder, do we let the trial perfect us, make us more mature, so that we are entire, wanting nothing? Do you offer praise to the Lord for the trials that we face because they make us more like Christ, knowing that all things work together for the good to them that love God? I think most of us have failed the test. I think most of us have. Uh, There may be a super saint in here somewhere that got all of these things right, but chances are all of us have failed the test.
But my encouragement would be, don't be a quitter. Don't be a quitter. Let's hang in there. As long as there is life, there is hope. Let's learn how to react to trials. Amen? Let's all stand. Heads bowed, eyes closed. How do you react to trials? I will be honest with you. I don't always have a pleasant demeanor when I have trials that come into my life. I want to have that, but I don't always have that. God's speaking to your heart. You know, I find you an altar somewhere. Lord, help me to have the proper response to the trials that you send to my life. Help me, Lord, to allow those things to help mature me. I don't want to be the 1 Corinthians chapter 3 baby. Brother Hobart's going to sing an invitation song and you do business with the Lord as he directs. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I need thee every hour. Stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power. When thou art nigh, I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee, I need every hour most holy one oh make me thine indeed thou blessed son I need thee oh I need thee every hour I need thee oh me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. Amen. You can be seated. We've got baptism. We're excited about that. Brother Hobart's going to come and lead us in a couple songs while they're finishing getting ready. I heard a preacher say one time that a faith that has not been tested is a faith that can't be trusted. You know, God tests our faith. And uh, when he tests our faith, then we know how much we can trust our faith. Amen? Brother Hobart? You can remain seated when the roll is called up yonder. I think we all mostly know the song. If you need the book, it's 496, 396, I'm sorry, 
396 in the living hymnal if you need the book. We'll do several stanzas until they're ready for baptism. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder I'll be there when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder when the road is called up yonder, when the road is called up yonder, I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning, when the dead in Christ shall rise, and the glory of his resurrection share, when his chosen one shall gather to their home beyond the skies, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Let us labor for the master from the dawn till set in sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called upon her when the road is called upon her when the road is called up yonder I'll be there thank you well praise the Lord it is an honor to be in this water once again amen to see some folks baptized and follow the Lord in obedience to his command. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We do not believe that this water has the ability to save a soul. But we're simply, these folks are doing this in obeying the Lord. And it is an outward testimony to what God's already done in their heart. And we're thankful for that. Paul said, I came not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And we don't believe that baptism is part of the gospel. We believe a person gets baptized after they receive the Lord as their Savior. And we're so glad for these uh, tonight that have come uh, to be baptized. We're going to start with the little children first. And we have three of those and then some young adults to baptize as well. But we're grateful for each and every one of these that have come uh, to be baptized. All right. We'll ask for Robert first. If you'll have Robert come down this way. All right, Robert. Come on down. I think you might be 
This is Robert Long, and uh, Robert, uh, we talked to Robert a little while ago. I believe a lot of these children got saved at home, and uh, we thank the Lord for that, and I hope our children's ministry has been influencing these young people's lives and their parents as well. And uh, Robert, have you asked the Lord to save you? Yes. Amen, amen. All right, let me have you stand this way. And I want you to hold your nose with that hand right there. Can you? No, you need to hold it with that one, okay? Let go of the glass, okay? Let, I've got you, I've got you. All right. All right. It's going to be fine, Robert. You hit your nose real good. All right. We're thankful for Robert, him receiving the Lord. Upon Robert's profession of faith and obedience to the Lord's command... I baptize thee, my brother, in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost, buried in likenesses of death and raised again to walk in the unity of life. Amen, Robert. Praise the Lord. You come on out there. Amen, amen. Robert was being a little extra careful, and that's all right. Amen. All right, the next uh, candidate we have to be baptized tonight, a young lady as well, and uh, this is Susanna Pittman. And uh, her dad, also a preacher of the gospel, wanted to baptize his daughter, which to that we say amen and amen. And uh, Brother Pittman's coming at this time to baptize his daughter, and we're thankful that he wanted to do that and, and gets to do that tonight. Brother Pittman, you go ahead. Come on down. Bring her on over this way. All right. It's a special honor and a joy to hear that my children walk in truth. Amen. And I'm thankful that Susanna uh, has said yes to Christ. Is that correct, Susanna? You have said yes to Christ? Yes. Amen. And what a joy it is to know that she's on her way to heaven. Amen. And you desire to serve the Lord in all your life. Amen. Let's pinch your nose here. All right. Susanna, on your confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, bared in likeness of his death, raised to wealth. 
Thank you, Lord, for the salvation of souls. And, Lord, these that have received Christ, thank you, Lord, for their following the Lord in believers' baptism. Lord, I pray that from this day forward you help them live for you and serve you faithfully. And we'll give you the thanks. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, you're dismissed. Lord bless you. Thank you for being here.